Hello, friends. Welcome to Emmanuel Cares, a podcast of Emmanuel Lutheran Church of Shirley, Wisconsin. I am Pastor Dave Rudat. Today is, we're looking at Luke 13, 1 to 9, and in life's tragedies, whether they are personal tragedies or uh, collective tragedies, our natural instinct is to ask, why? Jesus gives us a better question to ask than why. Let's look at what that question is and how that helps us. Let's join the worshipers on March 20th, 2022. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. God's word for today from Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. At that time there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. He answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered such these things? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all perish too. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the people living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all perish too. He told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the gardener, Look, for three years now I have been looking for fruit on this fig tree, and I have found none. Cut it down. Why even let it use up the soil? But the gardener replied to him, Sir, leave it alone this year also until I dig around it and put fertilizer on it. If it produces fruit next year, fine. But if not, then cut it down. This is God's word. I invite you to pray with me. Direct us now, gracious Lord, to hear aright your holy word. Assist your minister to preach and let the Holy Spirit teach. And let eternal life be found by all who hear the gospel sound. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, why? Three-year-old contracts a rare disease and dies. Why? 9-11, terrorists fly some planes into some towers Why? COVID. Why? Yemen. Why? Ukraine. Why? When tragedy happens, whether it's an individual tragedy or a tragedy of of a collective sort, we ask, Why? And God's answer to why could fill an ocean. But all we have is a bucket that is God's word. Jesus is going to give us a better question to ask when life leads us to ask why. It's a better question because it actually helps us. And it's a better question because it helps us understand our God better 
as well. The question of personal tragedy or collective tragedy is not new. The Old Testament had tragedy in it. In Bible classes, starting this Thursday, we're going to be talking about Job and his personal tragedy. In Jesus' day, there was a tragedy. People came to Jesus, people who looked to Jesus to be their teacher, to give them answers. They asked, why did this happen to the Galileans? And what happened to the Galileans is still a little bit of a mystery. Perhaps they were... They had done something wrong in Herod and King and Pontius Pilate, who was a Roman. They exacted justice in a very uh, cruel way by killing them before they were sacrificed. Perhaps it was that they were killed and then their blood was actually mixed in with the sacrifices. History doesn't tell us this event of Pontius Pilate. But nonetheless, it was a tragedy on people's hearts and minds. Why did this happen? And Jesus says to them, you're asking the wrong question. Here's a better question to ask than why. He says, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered these things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all perish too. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the people living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all perish too. Jesus adds another example. They're thinking of the Galileans, and in the backs of their minds, because of what Jesus says, we know that they were thinking, well, those Galileans must have done something to deserve their fate. Maybe it was a sin that we knew about, or maybe it was a sin that we didn't know about. There must have been some great thing that they have done that this happened to them. And Jesus adds to them and says, let me give you an example of some innocent bystanders. People in Siloam, it's a part of Jerusalem, known for its mineral mineral baths, so perhaps, I don't know, perhaps because of all of the mineral baths in that area, it was an unstable ground so that if you built a tower, it wasn't going to fall. Nonetheless, the people in Siloam were innocent bystanders. Something tragic happened to them. And Jesus says, do you think they were worse sinners than you? That that's how God works? That that's God's answer for why? Is that they deserved it? Jesus says, you're asking the wrong question. There's a better question to ask when tragedy happens, whether it's personal tragedy or whether it's collective tragedy. And the better question to ask is, will you repent now? Will I repent now? Jesus is telling the people in our gospel lesson that they were no worse sinners than the ones who had the tragic thing happen to them, whether they were innocent or not. The road to hell is traveled on people who commit great sins and small sins. But they all have something in common. They do not repent. They do not look at their own life seriously in light of God's holy moral law. 
So Jesus gives us a better question when tragedy happens. Will I repent now? Will I look at my own life seriously? The fate of the people who had died, the Galileans, and the fate of the people who the tower fell on them, their fate was already sealed. They were before the judgment seat of Christ. There was nothing that the people alive could do to change their fate, but they could work on their own life. They could examine their own life and look at their own life seriously. Because if they do not repent, Jesus says they will all perish. And he isn't just talking about dying. Jesus talks about hell. Jesus told his disciples, don't be afraid of the one who can kill the body, but cannot touch the soul. Be afraid of the one who can kill both the soul and body in hell. Be afraid of the God who does judge people who do not repent. So what sin are you harboring in your heart today? What sin have you made an excuse for and have not turned that over to God and have not fought against that sin? And it could be anything. Small or big. The Christian's life is one of repentance of looking at our own lives honestly, at our own hearts honestly, in light of God's moral law, and then coming before God and saying, God, I am a sinner. And this thing that I've done that I maybe even like or appreciate or want to do, that is wrong of me to do, and I am sorry. Please forgive me. The Christian's life is one of constantly examining their own self, turning from sin back to God. John the Baptist, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets, talked about repentance and the fruits of repentance. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Fight the sin in your own heart, wherever it may be, however small you think it is. Because Jesus has two warnings and two comforts in the parable that's coming up. And Jesus is talking not to unbelievers. He is talking to you. He is talking to faithful people who look to Jesus as their teacher, as their their leader, as their savior, he is talking to us. And here's what he says. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the gardener, look, for three years now I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and I have found none. Cut it down. Why even let it use up the soil? But the gardener replied to him, Sir, leave it alone this year also until I dig around it and put fertilizer on it. If it produces fruit next year, fine. But if not, then cut it down. You and I are the fig tree. And if we are harboring sin in our heart, then we are fig trees that aren't producing fruit. 
If we are not actively repenting of our sin, we are fig trees that are not producing fruit. Jesus has two warnings. One warning is, if you think you have till tomorrow, you are assuming far too much. We don't know what's going to happen today, much less tomorrow. The tragedies of the world and our personal tragedies should let us know we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Nothing is guaranteed. But we do know that when we die, we stand before the judgment seat of God. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. So the time to repent is not tomorrow. Today. As a pastor, I've been at the bedside of people who are close to death who will confess a sin that they've been harboring for 20 years and how, how I'm glad that they're able to confess that sin because then I can forgive it and that God's powerful word of forgiveness can change their heart again. But there are so many opportunities where you don't have that opportunity to talk. God doesn't guarantee a deathbed confession. God doesn't guarantee that you'll be able to turn your life around in the future. God says, you've got now. You notice that in the timeline. The guy looks for, for figs off of the tree, and I read somewhere that figs produce fruit three times out of the year. So this guy going to the tree for three years tells us he gave that fig tree a lot of time. And even then, the gardener who's campaigning for that tree says, give it another year. There is time. There is now. But we don't know when those three years and the one year are up. Jesus wants you to be with him in heaven forever. And so he says those difficult words, The time is now to look at your life honestly, at your sins, though you think are great or small, and be honest with yourself. In what way are you being led away from Christ? Because that's the second warning. The second warning is that even people who believe in Jesus at one time can fall away. That fig tree did produce fruit at one time. It was only those last three years where it wasn't. We tend to think that our sins don't lead us away from God. Only the big ones lead us away from God. Whatever the big ones might be. But Jesus says, any. Any sin can lead a Christian to be a fig tree that isn't bearing fruit. A fig tree that would eventually be cut down and perished in the fires of hell. So don't treat your sin lightly, friends. Don't think, uh, just because everybody else is doing it, 
that somehow it's okay. Sins that aren't confessed to our God are sins that are leading us away from him. I mentioned two warnings, now two comforts. First comfort is, you still have now. It is not too late. If you are listening to this, whether it's on a podcast or in your car or in church, if you're listening to these words of Jesus, there is still hope. Listen as Jesus says, But the gardener replied to him, Sir, leave it alone this year also until I dig around it and put fertilizer on it. If it produces fruit next year, fine. There is still hope. A fig tree that hasn't been producing fruit, that hasn't been repenting of their sin, it's still hope because you have an ally. Your ally is Jesus himself, who through his word and sacrament is willing to work in you the desire to turn around from sin, to face that sin head on and say, this is not what I want to do. This is a sin against my God. I'm going to confess that sin to God. Tell him I am sorry. Receive his wonderful message of forgiveness, whether in word or in sacrament of Holy Communion. And then I'm going to live my life differently. You have an ally who's going to work the ground of your soil with his word and sacrament. You have an ally in that your Jesus says, you get Pastor Rudat, who will sit down and talk to you about spiritual things in your spiritual struggle. Not just at your deathbed, but every day. So that you can fight this sin that's been plaguing you for so long. So that you are not a fig tree that doesn't produce fruit but through the working of the word, through Jesus himself, through his word and sacrament, is digging around, giving it fertilizer so that it does produce fruit. You may not ever know why. Personal tragedies happen in my life. My father passed away when he was 53. I don't really know why. I don't really know why Russia invaded Ukraine. Why God is allowing that. I know it isn't. Like some religious preachers want to say that God willed this and this is all leading toward Armageddon. That much I know isn't true. But so often when I am experiencing life in my own tra- tragedies in my own life or the tragedies in other people's lives, the answer to why is sitting there in the ocean someplace. But I do have the bucket. The bucket that encourages us that there is a better question to ask than why. The question of, will I repent now? Will I look at myself honestly so that my Savior can heal me and empower me to do what is right so that one day I can be with him forever? 
That's the better question. That's the question that actually helps us. That's the question that actually gives us a future and gives us hope when the world is all filled with an ocean of wise. So when your friend also is wondering, why is this happening to me? Use the words of Jesus. And will you repent now? That's the better question for them too, isn't it? Because you want them to be with you in heaven forever. Better question. Given to us by Jesus that gives us hope, a future, comfort, strength, empowerment. Will you repent now? Amen.